Hey y'all, you are listening to K&K Podcast, where we talk about real life issues, things that pertain to Black women, topics that are harsh, are hard to deal with, and talk about with the regular folks that we encounter on a daily. So this is your safe space to listen to tips listen to views and how we are trying to transform all of our dysfunctional behavior to functional, productive, proud Black women. Anything to add, Kahawia? You didn't said it all, honey. Yes. So we had an assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get right into it. Listen, how all right, let me just say how did your assignment go for you? <clears throat> so, my assignment went very well. And I think it was easy for me because I do not live with a male counterpart. So, mm. my interaction with my daughter's father who I co-parent pretty well with considering other relationships <laughs> that I hear um <laughs> I noticed that I have been more pleasant in my approach. For example, scenario, last night I spent the night out with my mom and I had to work the following morning. So typically I need to do better. I don't call to give him a heads up sometimes to say, hey, take the baby. But if he knows I'm working, that is the expectation. Long Mm -hmm. story short, I called. He didn't pick up. He knows I have to work. He's not picking up. So I had to keep the baby with me where I like to drop her off the night before so I can leave out early in the morning and go straight to work. I called repeatedly. I did not get him at all. When I finally got him in the morning, I asked him if he was okay. He said he was. I said, I hope you have a great morning. I'll be bringing power to you shortly. And that's it. I didn't question him where he was, why he didn't pick up my phone, call, none of that. Did you see it? (laughs) (laughs) Why you call me back? You don't sleep that hard. Nah. (laughs) That's good, sis. I'm proud of you. Yes. So I've been pretty well, and I haven't had any drama at Mm -hmm. all. So we, I guess this is a good time to even revisit the five steps. Um, we call them principles but I'm going to rename them as five steps and I'm going to title them five steps to maintain peace for our man and this is all again based on Sister Sharazad's book The Black Man's Guide in Understanding the Black Woman excuse me, the Black Man's Guide to Understanding the Black Woman, which we are deconstructing chapter two, currently revisiting our notes from chapter one. So we discovered that there are five steps that we were going to practice and Kahawia is going to explain (laughs) which step she was having issues with or which step she did succeed in. As a reminder, these are the steps. One, hold your tongue. Do not nag pretty much. Keep that peace. Number two, self-discipline. No dramatics, going out of control, getting upset. Number three, control emotions. So in 
in detail in relation to the self-discipline is is now ending the relationship because things don't go your way mm -hmm. it's okay to take a no let him have the last word number four repurpose our man a memory server reminding ourselves that our man is a present from the most high we have the best man in the world he is the parent person of humanity and he is ours ours so we need to remember that he is our king and number five highlight progress so we start any disagreement that we have with our man with a smile and then we proceed into sharing whatever our grievance is <laughs> so Kahawia, how was it for you oh girl okay so this week i will say i did fairly well considering how thought well how well i thought i was gonna do hold your tongue i held it for a little bit and then there was one day he was doing something right and i was so I had a better way to do it. So I was just trying to tell him the better way that I had so that he could do it more efficiently. And instead of watching him get frustrated, doing it the way he was doing it. And he told me, listen, I got it. And I was like, yeah, but I'm watching you doing it this way. Like in my mind, I'm like, you don't have it. Not like, I mean like, okay, you probably do have it, but it's going to take you longer. You can get it like this. Um, and he put his hand up like, babe, I got it. And that should have been a notion for me to just be quiet and hold my tongue. <laughs> I think this was like day three or something. So this is day three of holding my tongue. And I was like, well, all I was saying was X, Y, and Z. And at that point, I think he just kind of shut down. And when it was over, I humbly was, you know, just letting him know, listen, I wasn't trying to say that my way was better. I was only trying to be helpful to you. I wasn't trying to shame you. I wasn't trying to demean you in any way. I really just had, you know, a more efficient way of, getting it done um but i do appreciate you for doing it so you know i did highlight the progress which i know is step five but i've been highlighting progress all week girl now i've been real good at that and controlling my emotions <laughs> Wait, let me let me hold let me stop you for a second because in in the way you explain how he shut down it sounds like you did end up having the last word. <laughs> so <laughs> that is <laughs> that is something that we have to try our best not to do. We need to allow our man to have, to not have, excuse me, for him to have the last word because we want to avoid the shutdown. So it's funny to me <laughs> that you yeah, and had the last word later on after that, like, it, not, not pertaining to that topic, but a whole nother topic, a whole nother day, day four, day five, day six. He he had some last words. Okay. I held my tongue after that. Now, when you say that you highlighted his progress, 
to me, and I could be wrong, to me, it sounds like if you if you're doing it so much, it could be a move of making him feel like you're like is a little condescending, like, okay, thank you. I appreciate you helping. However, <laughs> no, I didn't do it like that. I told you, girl, I, I didn't do it like that. Um, let me see. I didn't do it like that. I <laughs> I highlighted his progress, you know, just throughout the week. Just, okay, okay. you know, I, I appreciate you finding dinner tonight, you know, because I'm tired. Um, I appreciate this or I really like how you did this, you know. And I, this is something that I used to do a lot more than I have recently just out of you know ordinary frustrations with life and everything going on with the world everything was wrong one of his love languages is uh, what you call that thing words words of affirmation mm. so when I do highlight his progress I see stride, you know, he really appreciates it. So I don't think I was coming off condescending. Well, I, I love that you clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes we do that. And I'm glad that you recognize that that's not something that you're trying to do. And you are mindful of not doing that. How are you with the self-discipline with no dramatics or just controlling your emotions? Mm hmm. I did pretty good with that this week because I will. I will say I did good because I didn't have anything test me. Um, I didn't have a test to, like, really go through those motions. Okay. Thing that happened. Let me see. Yesterday, as far as controlling my emotions, my emotions went a whole different way because I was talking to my little brother online about his father, and out of nowhere, I just started crying. And I was like, you know what? Hugs is for suckers. Because <laughs> he was like, come here, give me a hug. I was like, hugs is for suckers. But I gave him a hug. And he was like, hugs are healing. Mm. And I had something else to say, but I ain't say it. I held my tongue. And I, <laughs> held my <hand. laughs> and I just was like, all right, enough of this hug stuff. Because, you know. I got to maintain my gangster up in here. <laughs> and we just laughed at it and moved on. Nice. But you allow him to make, you allow him to be there for you. Even when you were being very negative about it, you gave him that control to, to, to heal you in that moment in his, in his way. Yes. I do. Beautiful. I so our five steps, our five steps, to maintain peace for our man is something that we will constantly revisit and share if we falter in that world. So we are at chapter two. Chapter two, honey. And chapter two is more stressful than chapter one. <laughs> I was so caught on Sister Shahrazad Ali blatant review on a typical parenting style that she claims black women possess 
with their children. Oh, mm-hmm. excuse me, with their young girls. And I, for one, would say that I do see validity because my mom, she didn't really talk to me about how to handle my womanhood. So she praised my beauty. She would constantly say, like, you know, if I had that body, I would wear two stars and a thong. Mm-hmm. And but not allow me to go much places to interact with boys, keep me under in the house lock and key, but never talk to me about what it is to interact with men. And I was raised among all women, no boy cousins. It was woman, woman, woman. The men were just not around. So I had a huge disadvantage. So in that respect, when she says that we were pretty much raised to be whores. Uh-huh. What, 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 how, how did you, like, how did you take that in? Like, how did you process that? I mean, I can see it. So I wasn't raised that way. However, some of the television shows that were on during my teenage years, because the name of chapter two is Teenage Years. Um, so like some of the shows that we watched, you know, that might've been on Desperate Housewives. No, you ain't had no business watching that, but I was watching it. And the whole thing is seduce the man, get him to buy you, get him to give you, he don't give you, he ain't the one. Or... Um, she, I mean, she, she really, she dived into how, you know, she, she dived into the secrecy thing. That's something she keeps mentioning that we are constantly trying to put the man in the position of the not know. Don't let yeah, him know. We are constantly co-conspirators with our mother. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Like, don't tell your father. And you know what? Ironically, or not. So a lot of the things on that list, so she have a whole list of things. Let me see. One to five. I've heard a few of those things, but I didn't hear them in my own respect, like in my own home. I become privileged to, well, shouldn't say privileged, but I've, I've heard these things, you know, based on, again, some of the television shows that I watch. Um, Moesha being a prime example, you know, oh, um, could we just keep this from dad? And it's just like, oh, you mean like, don't tell your father? Sure, this can be our little secret. Like things like that. I didn't have that. I didn't have that luxury because my mama ain't play that. My mother, (laughs) I was brought up. um, So I was actually brought up under the unspoken belief that my mother was my father, despite Mm -hmm. having this father in the home. So when it came to me more times than not, what my mother said was law. And that's just how I was. And when it came to boys, my mother ain't had that to do. My stepfather would be like, you know, she's a teenager. She's supposed to have boyfriends. And my mother would be like, no, the hell she ain't. She don't like boys. She like books. That's mm-hmm. it. She don't like nothing else. And I think when I was going into high school, my stepfather wanted to give me condoms. And my mother was like, hell no. What you doing giving these to her for? She don't need to know nothing about sex. Her thing was 
sex is bad and it hurts. And that was the end of the discussion. What about him? Did he say anything to you about it outside of just giving you condoms? I mean, he was just like, you know, you're supposed to have multiple boyfriends. Don't settle down. You know, let them take you out. Let them do this to you. Like, so, you know, like, so some of the things that Shahrazad Ali points out that the mother typically does to groom the teenage girl, he did. Mm. So it was like, I felt like, all right, so you taking me to McDonald's, brother, you ain't it. And what kind of budget was a high school boy for that? I was like, uh-uh, I'm not the McDonald's girl. <laughs> you better get your life. Like, so, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 in, so it, it is very clear. And I think this is happening in most Black women experiences or just in a typical black home that we do not have the language or ready language that is practiced on a norm to just encourage or teach our adolescent children how to engage and interact with one another on a functional manner it's it's this huge facade that's played just look cute Mm-hmm. play the game of him chasing after you and you act uninterested and then you become interested and but it's just it's ridiculous like there's really no sound system that is working for us mm-hmm. there is something in that stuff i learned from my friends and my older cousins so it's like where did they learn it from did they learn it from tv or are their parents passing that down to them so well, you we did uncover, and TV is a huge factor because, unfortunately, and you even see it now, children spend more time watching a screen than they are interacting with their family. If the parent or the elder or whoever is the, the, the parent in that household, the guardian of that household, if they're not taking control, because I notice that I have to encourage my daughter to interact with me. I pull her in to have her help me with dinner. I pull her in to have her help me clean the house, which is essential because she does mention that there's this horrible misconception that we have that it's okay for a young girl or a teenage girl to think it's I don't I don't have to know how to cook. I'm 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 career oriented. I don't need to learn how it's cute to not know how to cook. It's cute not to clean. But how are you going to take care of your family? Mm-hmm. How are you going to take care of your house? How are you going to take care of your house? But how does she know? Because if mom is not teaching, there's a huge disconnect. And I understand maybe mom is going through, because we the post-traumatic slavery disorder that is not even really understood and how it impacts us all individually. Mom is going through her own thing. She's just doing the bare minimum. She's feeding, clothing, sheltering, and then if she cares enough, she's focused in getting her child the best education. But that alone is not enough. How this child see themselves and interact with their potential mate, which is that's the 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 main goal of life, to end up mating with someone. <laughs> well, let's bring it back to animal instinct. You want to mate. Everybody right. wants to mate. Yeah, we have no solid tools <laughs> that we <laughs> that we instill in our babies from to have a partnership to have a partnership and i have a young child that is 5 so becoming aware of all of this as a young mom 
I'm trying to like nip this in the butt and create a system of order because this is out of control. Check out what sister says. And this is something that I know that I've done. Often the girl will make up wild stories, create false emergencies, or intentionally stand up the boy or tease him with sexual promises until he vows everlasting love. Mm-hmm. This is our, this is what we do. This, that's what we practice. And that mm-hmm. is all TV. Yeah, that's all TV. Because, honey, let me tell you something. The first time he don't answer my call, I'd be like, yo, it could have been an emergency. I could have been in an accident. Something could have <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> and he'd be like, but you didn't. Like, nothing happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, but it could have been. And then what was going to happen? You didn't even answer the phone. How would you have known? And then, like, it's like we guilt trip them into feeling bad. Mm-hmm. So the next time they do answer the phone, when, when in all reality, you ain't really want nothing that was that drastic. Exactly. Exactly. And but it's it, a matter of if you love me, show me you love me. So w- w- she, she points out that we're constantly lying. We're encouraged <laughs> to lie <laughs> to the man, to scheme, to get him to give us the things that we need without letting him know exactly what we need. And then on top of all of that, we are looking, we're trying to test to see if his feelings are real for us. Mm-hmm. What are we showing him? That we don't trust him. And and, and we're dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you. I want you to do what I say. I'm playing games with you and I'm lying to you. And I want you to trust me wholeheartedly. Because <laughs> <laughs> the games I'm playing come from a good place. <laughs> like, I have good reason for what I'm saying and I have good reason for the things that I'm doing. And it's all part of the plan to understand if you really, truly love and care about me like you say. Yes, we are dysfunctional, honey. So I want to bring I want to bring this topic up because I think this is important and I'm trying to create a whole new wave of thought with this process and I think it is going to not be favored by mm-hmm. many but I want to bring it to your attention and get your full impact. So in, in um full thought on it and how you think it will impact us as black people. I believe that child support should be non-existent. I agree. Period. For either party. Two laid down, one decides to leave, it's just up to that parent to decide whether how they're going to take care of that child, and that's their responsibility. Having a third party come into your life to dictate who sees who, who pays what is horrible. And currently this system is rigged to go solely against the black man. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up because I said I agree. Now, (laughs) I agree that systematic child support should go away. But I don't think that taking care of the child should just be one person's sole responsibility i think both parents should most definitely step up to the plate and effectively raise that child co-parenting or together but both parents need to be active and involved in raising and caring for that child but what if they don't what if what if for example because let we have 
black men that say they don't have a job. And in my world, child support doesn't exist. So I'm not saying that the black woman or the black man takes take on this child and they raise that child by themselves. I totally agree with you. Co-parenting is essential. You need masculine and feminine energy to properly raise a child. They need to see both sides of opinion for them to function properly. However, a man doesn't only have to give money to be there for that child. That's true. And, and the child support system in itself, it does not build upon that social relationship that needs to occur it just it, it, it brings to me it seemed like it forces the man not to want to be bothered because now their checks is garnished I've met men who have two digit <laughs> <laughs> on their checks after it's been garnished from paying so much money for child support right so I just take that stand. I think in the in the process of deconstructing this book and just trying to be a better black woman, black woman that's out there, don't put our men on child support. I'm a mom. I have a child. If my daughter's father decided that he didn't want to contribute to me, and he doesn't contribute to me, he contributes to his daughter. But if he decided that he didn't want to anymore, I'm not going to get a third-party entity who don't give a crap about my people in general. And have them seek him and gar not only just garnish his check, but now I'm subjected to show up to court when they say so. I'm subjected to do the visiting, the, the visitations that they suggest or they demand that we follow. Like, why would you give up your freedom? Mm -hmm. Find another man. Just stay out of the court system, period. Because it's not designed for you. And the woman it's not that's brown folks. Mm -mm. Not at all. And the woman that's doing that, because we do have our women that I believe we're targeting are the women that are trying to do better and just don't know how. And our goal in just sharing the information that we're sharing is to give you actual tools or at least help you identify that there is a problem to fix within self so that you can change your world around you. So in saying all of that, the women that are bitch possessed that don't give a damn and they're going to continue to <laughs> use child support to take money from men, men be careful who you with because Honey. those women are out there and they exist, as you know. And they know. Listen, men know who they sleep with just as well as women know who we sleep with. Like, there's no as much, as many secrets as there are there's not a whole lot of secrets because it's not like we don't know. We all have signs that are given to us. We all have signs that are provided to us. We all have signs that we damn ignore. Mm -hmm. Just because sexual gratification sometimes means more than long-term satisfaction. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So we've, we've uncovered now that we have, we're exposing our weaknesses. We have a huge weakness in this concept of just keeping the man in an illusion <laughs> of whatever world we created based on the, the teachings of the media and of our dysfunctional um, guidance from our parents who are also just playing this game. 
So we're, we know that we're failing at this. And in the process of failing, we're just adding more trauma to each other. Mm-hmm. So in understanding that and realizing that, is there true protection um, to not hold people accountable? So for example, she mentions that this is something that we do. Now, how do we hold each other accountable to not do it? Well, I guess that's where that part about it takes a village comes in. Who are the people in your village? Is your village made up of strong members? Or or is your village, or does your village consist of folks who we trying to make, you know, become better. Yes. Okay. So we clean our circle. If we have those bitch possessed people, male or female, remove them out the circle because they're not going to give sound advice. And those that are really actually trying, we consider what they have to say, but we still tap into what we know that that y'all given guidance that we have far as what is right and what is wrong. So I know we've mentioned time and time again about us holding our tongue. I want to make it clear because we've been listening to Sister Shara's about our lead lectures. <laughs> she does not mean hold your tongue and be submissive and passive aggressive. She's saying to hold your tongue in a way where you don't have to nag the, the black man with all of your grievances and issues and problems you can hold your tongue and allow him to think and have the last word but you're still expected to speak on the things that are supposed to be spoken right but hold your tongue to where you don't have to trump him so especially when you when you realize that y'all are both in agreement on the subject and it's just coming out differently you don't have to say yeah but that's what I told you or yeah but that's Uh what I said and I'm good for that. So, but I do that all week. <laughs> I recognize that I have that problem and I am correcting it. And I'm going to say I'm doing my best. I'm correcting it. So we don't have to say that no more. We don't have to say, didn't I just, we don't, we don't start off nothing like that when you're talking to nobody wrong. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Because I'm good for that, too. Well, no, no. I was good for that. I'm not good for that no more. I'm changing my ways. And it's but not I, easy. So my thing is not. I'm conditioned. This is. I've heard these phrases in my household when I was a child. I've heard these phrases in some of my auntie and uncle's household. I've heard these phrases from all of the matriarchs in my family. So this is ingrained in me too. Yes, yes. And you, I'm, I'm glad you said that because it reminds me of our first episode. There was something that you had said and I didn't catch it until I revisited the episode to make sure that whatever we didn't touch on last episode, we touch on this one. And you had said, you was mentioning that how you don't know how difficult it is sometimes to follow a brother that is not holding the end of his bargain. Like he's just mm-hmm. not being consistent. So in your expression of that, you said the falsehood of his leadership. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so even when when our man is messing up, we still do not decide to take that leadership hat off his head <laughs> and say, "You ain't the leader today." <laughs> It is the truth. So, so, and, and it's ingrained in us. And I like that you said that because it is. It's ingrained. But you know what? I feel like in a partnership, we should be able to wear the leadership hat, but just go about it differently. Because in a partnership, if it's supposed to be, you know, 50 50, somebody is not going to be the leader every day. No. However, I don't think that I should make him feel less than because he's not the leader today yes yes because his leadership hat is still on it's just that he is inactive and you are active so So we have our own leadership hats we just don't both wear them at the same time all the time yes so he there's a true hood (laughs) he is the leader (laughs) he didn't lose it he's the leader he just had a setback and that's where we have to use that, highlight that progress and encourage. Because think about it, even when you think, and I don't mean to compare it to a child, but just a person, period. And I'm not even going to compare it to a child because that's something that we constantly do. We talk to our men as if they're our children mm-hmm. <laughs> versus our king. So you, you get what you want from a person when you give them honey versus just being mean now sometimes you still don't get what you what you need and that that separation i think that's that fine line where many of us suffer is like is am i in this am i supposed to stay in this Mm -hmm. or am i supposed to just do well in this to eventually leave Mm -hmm. and that's such a it's a hard task because it's like i'm practicing all of these behaviors which is great but am I supposed to be with this person? You know, so it's it it is it is a tough cookie to unpack and unfold. But we're 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 slowly getting <laughs> busting through all of these um situations. I had wanted to men- ask you about give you a scenario um, because we mentioned that we would hit scenarios and we really kind of not in full. Mm-hmm. And the scenario I wanted to give you is your man is found to be using funds irresponsibly. Mm. Bills are not paid on time. There is some bottleneck. Something is not happening correctly with the finances. And you bring it to his attention that this is something we need to fix. He says he's going to fix it. And that he'll work with you. But as time goes on, he's not working with you. He's He is now secretive about it. How do we handle this? Is this is this a moment where we apply <laughs> our encouraging, you know, task of just building the black man and working with him? Or is this a, a situation where we need to separate? Whew, honey, that We're is going to throw it out there. <laughs> that is some scenario. Well, mm, I think okay, I think Shabazad Ali would have a whole different response to that than what me and Kalia have in present day. Um girl. Whew. 
because these are the things that that we're experiencing in our relationships you know quite frankly i I experienced that i did a 15-year bid as a girlfriend which was insane family matriarchs all of this everyone watched this And didn't really get much guidance in the process of it. They just wanted me to get married. And I didn't feel that that was the proper thing to do because something in my heart and soul told me this is not the one. But finances was a huge issue. And it wasn't so, because Sister Sharazad speak on how we have our men on this high expectation where he has to buy us these expensive bags and shoes and do the hair and nails. I'm not that woman. I do my mm-hmm. own feet. And nails, my own hair, my bag is what I get from Tarjay, aka uh, Target. <laughs> and, and I go to Goodwill. <laughs> I feel like if you come home with a $1,500 bag, you mismanage all your funds. So you so damn high. <laughs> Honey, you had an extra $1,500 to go get a bag? Oh, oh, oh. What? Exactly. <laughs> How do you like, exactly. I'm the same here. So if so, that's how I'm showing up in this relationship. And then the person that I was with, they mismanaged the funds. And my concept, now I may be wrong, my concept was that, hey, since I manage the money better, how about you give me all the money that you make, you take a portion for yourself, but I'll take care of all of the bills. But I made sure I did it in a way where it wasn't condescending. He could not part from his his money he felt like that was his that's his you know he just felt less of a man to to go that route but every other scenario we made didn't work every situation that our fixer-upper okay well we're going to do this instead it didn't work and it it took such a toll on our relationship and there were other things too but that financial irresponsibility is a huge problem and this is where it goes back to chapter two instead of us focusing on scheming to get the man to do things for us how about we listen to what he does with his money and how he operates with his money how about we teach our young daughters to have relationships in a way where they're learning things about their potential counterpart or just friend so that they know what type of person they want to choose because i don't do well with somebody that want to spend fifteen hundred dollars on the back me the girl <laughs> that's and not I- and there's no way that you can explain that to me because ultimately what it's going to boil down to is you have not paid attention to me. You don't really know me like you say you do. Mm-hmm. And you're using this to try and woo me and girl, could you drive? Because you didn't spend $1,500 on what? On a bag. You lost, ooh, lost all of your mind. And then I'd be like, hold up. So in my mind, I just get to calculate and like, so we could have had groceries for how many months with that money? Or we could have been on vacation and had an experience with that money. Like, when I met homeboy, he was telling me he used to take girls on two, three hundred dollar date nights. And I'm like, for one night? For dinner? What? <laughs> we all eating that. <laughs> what? So when we went out, I was like, mm, let me show you how to manage that. Now, first, my first approach was, listen, if you got two, three hundred dollars just go away, you can just go on and give that to me and I'll take us on a date. <laughs> they will do that. 
<laughs> he ain't want to part with that money. <laughs> oh, so you'll pay the restaurant, but you don't want to pay me. Okay, not from cool. But um, we've been out, spent maybe $120 tops, like, and that was dinner, drinks, activities, yeah. transportation, everything. <laughs> like, and you still homeboy still have money to go home with. Like, so when you and he looking at me like, wow, I've never done this before. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's all right, because I'm gonna get you right. I'm gonna get you right. But then he still feels like if he buys me this fifteen hundred dollar bag, somehow he's made some kind of accomplishment in his own manhood and it's like bro who are you trying to impress society or me yeah. like are you that, dating the world or mm-hmm, you dating mm-hmm. exactly and as and we have to be mindful of the like you mentioned like our circle that that village what type of village do we have because that's just total dysfunction totally mm-hmm. and you cannot build or it's going to be difficult to build with somebody that is so off from how you perceive success or what it is to to, to splurge. Because I like to splurge on food. I want to splurge yeah. on material things, you know? I spend $150 at the grocery store. Yeah. I spend, girl, I've spent money just going out to eat by myself. And I feel justified spending $50 on my own lunch. <laughs> but don't come talk to me about no $50 shoes, honey. Oh, where you get them shoes from? Now, you know, certain name brands, you know, certain shoes you do gotta, you don't want, because you, you don't want to mess up your feet. I'm not exactly. saying all the shoes need to come from the thrift store, but just because cause it come from the thrift store don't mean it's bad, because I done got some good brand new coat shoes from the thrift store for $4, so we ain't even going to go there. But nonetheless. Yes, nonetheless. Spend within reason, and some things are reasonable, you know, some things are not. And it's not up to me to determine what's reasonable because I can't determine what's reasonable for you. I can only determine what's reasonable for me. And if I tell you what's reasonable for me and what's not reasonable for me and you continue to spend your money on the things that are not reasonable for me, that hence we have dysfunction. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 this is and also an example of you know, this spend factor, you spending this amount of money is not a prerequisite for me to now sleep with you. Because that's that's something that she mentions in chapter two, that this sex game is like a toy. Like we're, we're conf- the carrot is our pussy. <laughs> yes, because as she so eloquently says, he should pay for the privilege of her company. And that's what we are taught. Yes. And that's that's being a whore. Yeah. 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 That some of the things that she and, and I encourage everyone to support this woman with her books because the black man's guide to understanding the black woman is such a great read. And you should just support if you can. It's only about $25 on Amazon. I've bought so many copies and have given them. <laughs> away and there's a fun fact about this sister which is is not noted often she i heard her mention it in the lecture she has stated that after her book came out that's when all black writers and authors was able to sell their book 
Like her book was the first to really go mainstream and build up so much attention that it highlighted other black authors mm-hmm. in their books. She said prior to the her book coming out, there was no trend or wave of, of black books being sold off of the bookstore bookshelves. It just wasn't the norm. They were barely carried in the white establishments and owners of black bookstores would say, I'm just doing it just to get the information out there. I know I'm not going to make a profit. So she really like lifted the whole bookstore business and and, and had it trending for for a while. So that's just a fun fact to mention on our sister. I wanted to bring up something else that she had said that really caused me to realize that it's important that we figure this out now this is it goes back to how we how we show up because chapter one and two pretty much just shows how we as baby girls to teenage girls we are taught how to not interact with our future king well because we're not having functional positive relationships with our father and we're not encouraged to have just authentic and true friendships with male counterparts instead of just having it be about the sex thing she says that we our biggest issue is that our style of clothing our nakedness our lewd and shameful facial expressions dance movements they all demonstrate the low level of behavior of our black girls mm-hmm. and my my daughter bless her little heart she's a good baby girl but she is a product of what she sees and twerking is a huge thing and, and you know why that is too because um, I know her father and that is a big thing for him them YouTube videos and them reggae whole you know thing um, them reggae whole videos which is fine if that's entertainment for him how often does he monitor that when he's with power yes yes because you know as females we you know we tend to aspire naturally to be daddy's little girl daddy likes it we love it so if daddy finds it so entertaining, I'm going to do it so I can get his attention too. Mm. Yeah. And you know what? I'm. This is, this is the second. We're uncovering something that she's not even, she hasn't even mentioned, which is the father's role. Yeah, and- I can't get to that book. I guess that's why because we keep trying to you know all right yep we got this issue but what about the counterpart and we need to hone in hone in on us yeah I'm not gonna go into him you're right but it's it's, it is great to see well not even great It, it it opens your mind to realize how ingrained our dysfunctional behavior is that is is like a tag team effect we're on one end doing things the incorrect way and then they're responding in a way as well so in saying that 
so mm-hmm. I'll remove. I won't go. I won't dive into the father's role because that's a whole nother book. Mm-hmm. I will go back into something that she strongly encourages, and she mentions this constantly in regards to the black woman's. Um, what what are the good attributes of her? And there are seven. I'm only going to read a few because she she lists them differently in different lectures. I notice. But there is some, there's one that she constantly says, and as far as just the Black woman is clean, like her homemaking skills. And she really constantly refocused the fact that we are responsible for the Black man diet and how he eats. And how well we feed him determines if he lives. And if we don't feed him well, it determines whether, you know, how soon he's going to die. And... Mm-hmm. I noticed, and I'm speaking as a Negro, Hebrew, Black, American girl, all of that. I -hmm. wasn't taught how to cook for my mother. And the foods that my mother out a lot, a whole lot. And because she spent so much time working that when she came home, she didn't feel like cooking. So Chinese food, pizza, TV dinners, I grew up on that. I didn't learn how to actually cook until I exposed myself to Caribbean friends who they didn't really teach me how to cook, but they did attempt just them cooking in their, in in their respect. I learned, and that's something I don't get from sisters. Like at least what I've been exposed to some women just don't like sharing Mm-hmm. Their cooking skills and tips. I mean, we have YouTube and all of that now and Instagram, everybody's doing cooking channels. So we don't really have that problem. We'll always be like, uh-uh, this is a secret recipe, family recipe. If I had, listen, if I tell you, I had to kill you. Like it's yeah. always that kind of connotation surrounded it. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So th- that is something that I she- how to cook just by helping out in the kitchen. So like my mother, she hates cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, she cooked because she had to. I wanted to learn how to cook. I'm like, well, if you hate to do it so much, and I like to eat, we gotta figure this out. <laughs> so, I um, you know, I helped out in the kitchen. So, you know, she told me how to fry fish. You know, certain little meals she told me how to make, and then eventually, I mean, you get a cookbook and you follow the direction, and you be all good to go, and you start playing with it on your own. Girl, I make a mean omelet now. I mean, with now, I can make all kinds of stuff. But back then, what? I make a mean omelet and some fried fish. That was my thing. Yeah, so we, we recognize that cooking, sisters, that's not just, that's that's a skill you're supposed to have. Like, you know you're supposed to know how to clean your behind, brush your teeth. Add that to that basic skill because that's important. Mm-hmm. This whole concept of not knowing how to cook or not having to cook, and, and especially at times like this where we have this whole COVID thing and people getting sick and they failed the immune system, that's all based on diet. Mm-hmm. Diet is so important. So let's just, just throw that in there because she mentions this so much. And I can see how important it is. Just even when you eat better, you behave better because a lot of all that she's mentioning is these negative um, patterns that we have and how we interact with one another. If we change the food, we can definitely change our behavior. There's another mm-hmm. um, 
attribute that she mentions. And I want to see if this is something that you will find to be difficult to practice. And it says for women to have the, the seven, well, one of the seven attributes of a good black woman, she should have a better sense of humor. And that is, she says, we are mad too much. Our man says something that he he's laughing, and we sitting there pouting with an attitude. <laughs> you know what? I will say, I have a great sense of humor. Um, that's not a complaint that you know that's in my relationship. Now there are times when I'm 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 dead ass serious, and I'm not here to play games with you, and you be trying to joke. But them be them times where he know I'm dead ass serious, and he trying to lighten up. But for the most part, we joke a lot. <laughs> like, I'm with the jokes. I'm here for the jokes. Sometimes I joke so much, he be like, look, all right, enough joke now. <laughs> and I'll be like, word, you don't want to joke no more? Are you serious now? All right, I'm going to let it go. But, like, now nah, we we have a great time as far that's as Because that's not me. I, my sense of humor sometimes fall <laughs> the wayside, <laughs> especially if it relates to because I'm I know that I'm too critical. I have mm. I feel at times that I have a way of seeing things, and for example, if a man says something disrespectful about a fat woman, like oh she big, like oh she looks disgusting, and laugh. And it may even be, a, you know, something to, he may point out something that's actually really funny. I'll mm -hmm. take offense. Like, how, you know, you don't know what that sister's going through. She <laughs> may have some issues, you know, like, you don't know how she woke up. I, I get too far into it where it could just be a laugh. If, if she don't hear it, it's an exchange between him and I. Why can't I just enjoy that moment? So that's something that I have to practice. She also mentions practice forgiveness. But you know what I understand? Because there are some jokes. So, for instance, like, I don't find, you know, when um, when other cultures use adopting Black culture into their comedy. Mm -hmm. I get annoyed. It's all hell with that. I'm not here for that. And sometimes he be like, Vic, this is funny. And I be like, if you don't get that out of my face, I'm gonna go full Angela Davis on you. Like <laughs> and he'd be like, oh goodness, all right. And I just be like, listen, absolutely not. Like, what is it that um there's this white guy with glasses and he sings or he plays a piano or whatever he be doing in his room. Supposedly singing songs and I guess he just have so much soul in his voice or whatever and I just be like ugh are you kidding me and he's like but babe I think it's dope I think it's funny and I'm like I'm not here for white people you know being culture vultures all over again like what how do you find this to be entertaining this is disrespectful it's blasphemy like what so them jokes I'm now be here for but other jokes, I'm with the jokes. I'm, I'm with shit for everything else. I but see I'm me, me as a single woman, what you mentioned, I have to be, because I'm the same way. I can't, uh, you you have to be 
I'll use the old term, a race man. Like you have to, and understand that at the end of the day, race is really not a factor, but there is a certain love that you should have for your own. And that love have to exist. And in the process of that love, I expect you to be able to hold us down <laughs> in knowing what's really funny, what's not funny, what you should promote and what you should not promote. So I get that whole um, separation of what is actual humor or which is offensive. Um, just to bring clarity, because I did mention, I brought us, we've been like jumping all over, but there was, I mentioned that she talked about our style of clothing. And then we kind of, we just fell into dance and then I went into the attributes. The attributes relate to the scenarios that she mentioned, which is low level behavior that we promote to our girls. So I'm gonna combine those, um, those quick topics that she mentioned along with the attributes. So I want us to go back to like style of clothing. I'm 35. Do you think I should really, because there's this whole concept that we're taught within our peer group and in media that we're still supposed to look like we in our early 20s, dress the same way, wear the tight fitted clothing. And I was all about looking sexy and beautiful. But after reading this book, and, and I'm not even finished reading this book, I realized I don't want to attract that sexual attention anymore. Like, I really would like to dress a little more modest. How do you feel about that? Like, do you feel you still should be able to dress, you know, in those tight clothing and still demand the respect? Yes and no. So I think if you're doing it to attract the man, then you're going to attract the man that your outfit is you know, that your outfit is purposely appealing to. If you're doing it for yourself, just I'm comfortable, this is what I want to wear, I'm not here for your attention. When you get that attention, you'll reject it because it's not what you're looking for. So I think it's more so what you wear and how you carry yourself while you're wearing whatever it is that you're wearing. With that said, don't be going out here you know, and two stars in the thong. <laughs> don't be sorry, Auntie, but don't be doing that. Don't be doing none of that. Um, yeah, no. I think them two stars in the thong need to be for your man. Yeah. Now if you out here writing books like me and you know, you got a pink canvas, you want to model for pink canvas, <laughs> you can wear that. Um, but you know, wear it in a scenario to where it's fitting for that occasion rather than just this, this is just my dress and this is what I want to wear. I don't care what you think type of thing. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're grown, you're a mom. And it's not that any of these things define you, but if you're trying to position yourself in a way that you want to be respected, no matter what the case is, I don't recommend them two stars in the thumb. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking modest, where I'm agreeing with sister about being modestly dressed is because I don't want my daughter to feel compelled to look sexy. You know, because a lot of our clothing style is with the attempt to look sexy. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
I, I now I see that the media is encouraging me to do that. The dysfunctional realities of my mom and and aunts and and friends having you know whether they were consciously aware of them encouraging that behavior or not that is what is encouraged to be sexy so now that i'm seeing i want to i want a black man to come into my life that's going to value me as a person my heart and mind and all the other gifts that i have i just can't keep showcasing that part of me because that's going to mm-hmm. make it difficult for him to filter through so out, out of the seven, I have five that I wanted to mention. So we, we touched better sense, the seven attributes of a good black woman, she mentions. And it kind of, it relates to us having tools to use to get out of chapter two. Um, better sense of humor. So we don't have to lie to, our, we, can, we can be honest in humor and just be okay with that. She also mentioned practice forgiveness. Now I want, I'm curious to know, are you the type of woman that when you forgive your counterpart, do you bring it up later as to what he did? <laughs> <laughs> so the only time I bring it up is when he does it again. <laughs> so I don't bring it to your attention until I have to revisit it because of something that you're doing again. And that's when it becomes like, all right, but we talked about this before. You told me you understood it. And to our understanding, what's understood don't need to be explained. But here we are, the second time around, having this discussion. And you're telling me now that you understand, but you told me you understood before. And so where are we getting lost in translation? And... Mm. That's where I get like, all right, this is the fifth time we're talking about this. So am I not delivering it right? Like, where is the confusion coming from? You know, because I forgave you for this then. Like, you know, so it's not like, oh, yeah, because you remember that you did that and you did this and you did that and you did that. I don't do that. Now, if you do it again. I'm going to tell you, listen, we've already talked about this, okay? And that's going to be that. So to answer your question, no, I'm not that woman. But if you bring it to my attention to where it has to be revisited, then we're going to revisit it because I'm not going to just, I guess, hold my tongue. (laughs) But want me to. But again, me not holding my tongue is not because I don't respect you, but it's like I can't allow certain things to continue forward because it's like, if it's to this magnitude and you telling me this, you could be telling me this on a whole different topic. And I'm just supposed to take that at face value too. Yes. Well, a a mistake when it's done more than once. Mm, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I unfortunately, I do not do handle this well. I don't practice forgiveness. Um, I, I, I forgive you, but I will bring it back at any moment in time and it don't have to relate. And I'll bring the entire record of you failing me <laughs> when mm. a new failure comes up. And that is something that 
I know that I have to work on because it, no one wants to be reminded. And I must honestly say the man that I spent 15 years with, he wasn't the same way in that regard. If I failed him, when he brought it to my attention at that time, he did, but he didn't constantly bring it up. There were moments of hurt and pain that he may bring up at a later time, but I definitely was like uh, so repetitive and just reminding him of what he did and, and how I wanted it to be different. Now, see, I don't do that, but as my counterpart would say, he's like, you know, you praise me when I'm doing good, you know, but when I'm not doing good, you really let me know I'm not doing good. <laughs> and I'm like, but don't I really let you know when you is doing good? He's like, yeah, yeah, you do, you do, but you really let me know <laughs> when I'm not doing good. So I don't bring it up time and time again, but that one time and that second time we got to have that conversation, I make it so that we have this conversation so that we don't have to have this conversation again. And then when we have to have it again, it's like, yo, I know we just had this conversation. And I will say I'm I'm all daggers. Like I'm just mm. I'm all daggers and bullet holes. I got all my armor and all my battle. I'm ready for war. <laughs> And I'm not no loser. <laughs> so, but ultimately, I lose yeah. because I didn't tore down my king. I didn't defeated him, and I don't win anything from seeing him in such defeat. Because you want him to be victorious. Yes, and ultimately, I want him to not do the shit that he said he wasn't gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I want learning curve. That learning curve, that supportive. I want you to understand. Yeah. But we have to, because we, we, and, and that's something that, because I've been, quite frankly, I became aware of Sister Sherazade's book, A Black Man's Guide to Understanding a Black Woman, years ago. I even saw her lectures years ago. I can't put exact exact date, but I would say at minimum over and I did not apply any of these things <laughs> to my relationship at that time. So we we have, just because you know that there's something that you can do better, doesn't mean you know how. And seeds can be planted in you to do better, which are the seeds you're planting in him to say, you know, this is what I need you to do versus that. That learning curve of him actually knowing how to execute that it takes time. So that highlight, going back to our five, original five steps, just highlighting the progress of him versus reminding him of his failure and then trying to find solutions that weren't, that hasn't been practiced before. Okay, so we practice all of this. What else can we do? Because we can't continue to have this problem. I want to apologize to our listeners because when you you stopped me before, you was like, girl, you on chapter three. I was on chapter three again with these seven <laughs> attributes of a good black woman because that is her um, chapter where she talks about the single and married. That's the adulthood phase. We were mainly supposed to talk about the teenage phase. So, I mean, we did address among the main the main issues that she, you know, encouraged us to be mindful is that we're teaching our daughters to be promiscuous and to use their vagina as this great 
opportunity to get what you want from a man. Just hold out, make him go through all of these obstacle courses. If he succeeds, give it up. And a lot of times the girl just give it up <laughs> without Aww. even having him go through all of that. And that that's all de- depending on her need of that masculine attention, whether daddy was there, daddy was not there. It's so many, the, the dice is loaded um, when it comes to that world. But we did do something that is helpful in this world. And we decided to come up with a song list a book list and a movie list for our daughters to see new images or different images where there are respectable people. There are real life scenarios that is not the man fighting dragons to get to the woman, but he's going through certain scenarios where she sees him as a person and not as a tool. And, um, hopefully this list benefits you because I know I'm now that we've been creating this list I said you know just as an auntie and a mom when it's time for movie time I'm picking one of these movies and then we're going to talk about it or when I'm in the car just playing whatever I, I need to structure myself and make sure I have a playlist that they're constantly listening and hearing positive information because it is so much against us. Like, it's just, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And honey, when you sent me that list, I was like, she didn't watch all these movies? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 1967. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I got some old movies. <laughs> so, but. It's definitely a good point of reference and it will be up on kahalia.com slash well forward slash kahalia speaks and that is where K&K podcast will be reviewed uh, so you can see you can click on it you can check out our latest episode you can check out that list screenshot it download it do what you gotta do make make these lists a staple in your household so that we can collectively produce better people and ourselves and within our youth and the people around us. Exactly. And a takeaway from chapter two, since we bounced in so many different worlds, is to be mindful, like Kahawia said, make make this book list, song list, and movie list a, a staple in your home because we need to keep our children as children. Our babies should not be operating as adults. Our young girls are our young girls. And instead of us focusing on her not having sex, teach her about what you went through. Because that's something that my mom didn't share with me. She, I don't know if it's embarrassment or she just didn't want me to judge her. But at the, whenever my daughter shows me she's ready for that conversation, it's going to be had. The best teacher is the person that went through it. And I'd rather tell her what I went through, how I was hurt, how I cried, how I was afraid, how I was scared. So she has a point of reference versus me just saying, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And also, in, um, uh, based on Sister Sherazad Ali, she's saying, take it back to basics. Let's teach our girls to be, we have to teach them how to be a wife or just how to be a better friend not to, just to um, 
their male counterpart, but just for themselves. A woman should know, a young girl should know how to keep the house clean. Not your baby girl is not helping you clean the house. Get that started. My daughter's five. She helps me clean. Your house mm-hmm. should be clean at all times. It's funny because I have a, a sister friend who her and I are very, very close. And she is a good, she's a great woman. Great woman. She has a lot of business. She does very well for herself. However, her home is not clean. And she has a husband. And they have a lot of issues. And I told her, maybe you should stay home and clean. And she's like, well, that's not my thing. Because she's a career-oriented woman. She likes to just do her stuff. And I said, do you think it's a possibility that your man is not telling you he wants the house clean because he doesn't want to break your heart or hurt your feelings? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, he, he he would tell me if that's it. And she thinks it is okay for the house to be in such a disarray because she's like, well, he could do it too. But he's the breadwinner of the mm-hmm. house. So, but she refuses to take on that role. And I told her, sis, just try it. Just try to keep, I mean, not just because we have different perceptions and levels of clean. It ain't just washing the dishes, sis. It's cleaning every nook <laughs> and cranny in your house. It ain't no water bugs, no no mice. All of those things can be controlled. Plug up them holes, pull things out, clean. You can clean your home. Certain rodents and stuff, they come in, and you have to take care of it, but it doesn't have to be a consistent thing. Find a way to keep your home clean. That that will make a man work harder when he feel like his throne is being well taken care of. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, because I don't have a man. <laughs> I'm just going off for Sister Sherazad Ali. Um, is there anything? Because we, we But you to- know what, honey, you have a certain entanglement who so missed that cleaning. Yes. <laughs> Missing the hell out of it, okay? (laughs) And the cooking, and the cooking. You know, it's it's funny because I'm like, where are the brothers? Brothers haven't showed up in my life, want to just splurge on me, and I'm I'm a simple girl. I'm a cheap date. I'd rather cook than go out. I don't need to spend a whole bunch of money on me looking good because I don't wear no makeup, and I look pretty good without it. You know, but mm-hmm. I guess that that's going to be our chapter three. Honey, look, chapter three, a lengthy one. We're going to have to break that down into two. <laughs> two <shows. laughs> oh, yeah. Chapter three is, let me see, it's more than. Oh, yes, yes. It's, it's 25 pages. Yeah, 24 pages. And it's not like, you know, 20 pages of, you know, just a random chapter book. Y'all see how much is in chapter one and chapter two. And let me tell you, chapter one and chapter two was two, two four pages each. Yeah. And that was a whole lot of information. Imagine 20 pages. Like, that's a lot. We don't have yeah. So, okay, so let's let's do pages, page 10 to... 25 yeah 10 pages we can do that yeah 10 to 25 we'll do that and then in the next show we'll do the the second good good call on that because that's that's uh that's a lot so um we thank you for listening to our podcast again we are here to uplift our black man 
We want peace for our man. We love our man and we love ourselves. And in loving ourselves, we are willing to change. And changing is reading this book. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Even so, having peace for our black man is, is in, t- in turn having peace for ourselves because yes. we don't have that's somebody that we don't have to argue with, that's somebody that we don't have to fuss with constantly. That is coming into a home where you actually get a chance to love the person that you with. <laughs> exactly. And like you said um, to me on occasion, you said that most of the time when, you know, you, you find yourself getting caught up in things you have no business getting caught up in is because you have no business. So this mm-hmm. is some business to get into. You, if you yeah. have, because I don't understand how people say they bored. I, I've never been bored even before this book. It's always something <laughs> to do. Always. But if you are that woman that just want to make a change and you're tired of the 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 drinking and the smoking and the hanging out and the fighting, because we haven't even talked about this is going to get there because the fighting is a whole nother situation. This mm-hmm. is a start. This is a start to just try to get yourself together. So again, we strongly encourage with chapter two because we came up with the five steps so i want to just add some of the things that we learned from this chapter is to teach our baby girls to be clean to cook um something sister sharazad had mentioned that is important that we should do with our girls at this age and i think we can try to do it let's see if we can do within 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 our next show it is a hard task to do but we can see and she said try to teach another woman whether it be via phone or you know in person but teach a young lady to cook a meal just teach her how to cook one meal Mm. Uh, because that will serve that black family down the line well she'll be able to to feed her her children or her her babies so she encourages Mm. just just do that 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 doesn't take a huge task to do and i think that is very essential and important um she also mentions in this chapter two, to be honest by any necessary. So we have, a, we used to have a tongue where we cut our man down, but we can have a tongue where we build our man up. And truth is brutal and it hurts. Mm-hmm. However, we have to find a way to just be honest. No more games. If he can't take the heat, he ain't meant to stay, but we'll never know if we don't bring it to him raw. So we have to be honest in our pursuit of what it is that we want. And we have to be honest as to who we are so that we can make the right choice in our mate. Mm -hmm. And I think that is it. And I will say with being honest, we need to remember to be respectful. Yes. Because I know I struggle with that, honey, because I do talk to folk like they children. When I feel like I got to explain something to you, <laughs> man, woman, whoever, if I feel like I got to explain to you something that I feel is simple knowledge, I get to talk to you like you as a kindergartner. And I've heard that from the time I was growing up, that I have a problem with my mouth. I don't know how to talk to people. And it's not that I don't know how to talk to you, because I know how to talk to people. I just don't feel like I should have to talk to you about certain things. (laughs) (laughs) But nonetheless, we have to be honest and we have to be respectful. We cannot degrade or demean another person 
to get our point across. And our man, because this is what we talk about. And our man, definitely not. Yes, we can't keep doing that because that keeps you know. We could, as we do that, we continue to send him out into the world that's already beating him the hell down. Then he come home and get beat down too. He leave the house beat down, and he got to go out into the world get beat down some more, and then come home again. And we looking at him like, brother man, why you ain't built up? <laughs> why you ain't the fortress right here? Like, how he supposed to hold down the fort if he all be down from all angles? So we have to keep that in mind. So we love you, black man. Yes, we love you so much. We love you and we are here to uplift you and to figure out how to control all of our emotional insecurities that Kawia and I have mentioned throughout this podcast. And there is more to come. Take care, y'all. Yeah.